Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac 12360. Featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your host, Sean X-Pac Waltman. What's going on, everyone? This is X-Pac 12360. I'm your host, Sean X-Pac Waltman. It's still hard for me to get used to the new intro. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the only one. Yeah. Oh. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> All righty then. So, yeah. Anyways, we, the new intro, I'm still having a, a little bit of a time getting acclimated with it because, you know, I'm the one that asked for it and I wanted it done. And. Uh, now, like I'm, I'm used to the old one, and I'm used to getting all like you know the 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 DX based you know baseline and all that. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, we're gonna have a great show today, and uh, the guest's gonna be Marty Skrull, yeah. the villain. Yeah. Ooh. Hell yeah. Long live the villain. Yeah. And uh, uh, I want to thank Stone Cold Steve Austin for coming on last week on the one year anniversary show. Nice. Yeah. And uh, glad to have Bill Hanstock back. Hey. Yeah, how was I'm, your... I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm exactly a correct substitute for Steve Austin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I got more hair than him this week. Than yeah. just well, this we week. missed you. Thanks, man. And I missed was, y'all, too. How was your cruise? It was awesome. I, I think I'm a cruise guy now. Okay. Oh. Yeah. It's all you know. cruise? Just takes one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, on the couch, we've got Jimbo. What's up, Sean? And we have the lovely Denise Salcedo. Hey, everyone. In between them, we got Lula, <laughs> baby Lula. She's up there. She's hanging out with you guys now yeah. during yeah, the shows. Like so you can't hear her snoring. She's like, <laughs> she's like I need camera time. <laughs> and a beautiful TK Trinidad. And um, so what's going on today? TK? Huh? What's TK? going on <laughs> I was like, oh, this is what, Okay, cool. Um Oh, I'm TK. I'm TK. Definitely want to talk about. Have you seen the May Young classic? I know Denise has because yeah. we're on a show together. Yeah, yeah we yeah. did the after show together. Yeah, I've seen my share, but I haven't. I've not sat down and watched the, like every episode. You know, beginning beginning to end or anything. What do you think of it so far? The stuff that you have seen. Uh, there's some really good stuff, and then there's some stuff that's not particularly stellar. Just yeah. to be 100% honest with you, but I I'm still happy they give the the ladies to. You know, opportunity to go out there and showcase their stuff. Just some of them are some still a bit green. Products. Well, that's, yeah. that was my main thing. It's like you have 32 women, and the premise of it was, you know, we're getting the best women all throughout the world, and you've traveled the world and yes. you've kind of seen it all. Is there more the women that they picked out? There were some of them that weren't. I don't think they were ready for that particular Correct. forum. Do you think there are women that they may have missed? Oh, definitely. There's definitely uh, um, a lot of. Uh, uh, female talent out there that they missed, and that just probably just they weren't able to get, you know, because okay. there's a lot of excellent ladies down in Mexico, mm-hmm. 
you know, and uh, it probably just wasn't happening as far as getting, you know, getting any of them, like, to be lent, lent to them from, you know, whatever respective promotions they work for. Yeah, because some of the matches I just spelled, it's like, oh, okay, we could have did without her. Yeah, and then, you know, all these different style clashes, and I didn't mean to, no pun intended, for the AJ Styles uh. finish, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, like, uh, uh, for instance... Yeah. Okay. Like. Okay. I'll just say this. My my favorite uh, competitor in the May Young Classic so far is Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She's awesome. She yeah. And she's being positioned like that. That's right. And she's doing what and what she's doing in, in when the bell rings in between bells is perfect. Uh, about as close to perfect as you can get for what I think she needs to do uh, for you know somebody that's you know transitioning from MMA to to pro wrestling and, yeah. and, and, and using that as their image that, that they're an MMA person yeah. so well it's like what we talked to uh, Alistair Black about yeah and she's doing all those things right yes. just like Matt Riddle's done all those things that's right, right. I was actually talking sitting outside at uh, PWG uh, Battle of Los Angeles this weekend and uh, I was talking with Matt Riddle and she actually walked up Jaina did and you know, I was telling her right from that, I'm like, I keep on doing what you're doing in the ring mm-hmm. because just like this guy right here pointing to Matt Riddle, I'm like, you're staying true to what I believe. Like uh, somebody from your world should how you should uh, work in the ring. And the thing too I like about her is the fact that uh, she's no, she's no, she's she's been in the business as far as um, MMA and stuff for a long period of time, but she's not coming into WWE. Like, I've been here, I've fought, I, I deserve this. She's kind of working up the ranks because yeah. you see a little bit of her um, throughout the years, so I definitely am excited about her. But uh, during the challenge, there was a big challenge from Ronda Rousey and the four horsemen, horsewomen, yeah, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that. I think that everybody's been talking about Ronda. She, she hasn't officially retired, but everybody's kind of been talking about her going into WWE. So I think this might be the thing. I actually read something where somebody was saying, is there going to be a credibility issue with Ronda? Like, as if, like, her losses in MMA uh, take away from her credibility. Let me tell you something. Like, no matter what, like, that's Ronda Rousey. Yeah. No matter what happened. Mm -hmm. And, And she could wipe the floor with pretty much anyone. Yeah. You know? I mean, maybe not. Okay, there's a lot of tough people in wrestling male and female so i mean it wouldn't be too it wouldn't be like a walk in the park she can definitely hold her own though yes yes absolutely and i think that's obviously part of the reason why they're having Shayna go all the way to the top of this uh tournament is specifically for the horsewoman to basically go against each other and i think that we might be able to see that hopefully at survivor series that would probably be the smart thing to do but uh, it is pretty interesting to see them like kind of like face to face, and that's kind of the cool stuff about yeah. the May Young tournament. You get to see all that. Yeah, she she had to take a break from obviously the lot, like just kind of separate herself, and then she just recently got married. So it's just kind of like take a moment, and I think this would be a definitely good uh, good move for her. But yeah, we will see. She should do it if it makes her happy. Yeah. She should do it. <laughs> She's gonna. I mean, it's gonna happen eventually. They're already teasing the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. Right. Yeah. But do you see her doing it on a regular, like, the travel schedule? Because I don't, that's the only no. thing I don't no. see her She's doing. an attraction. Yeah. She's going to be the Brock, well, not quite Brock Lesnar's schedule, but I think she's going to have, like, similar to, like, what the Hardy Boys have, if not less than that. 
Yeah, Probably she'll, wrestle. Less than that. Yeah, she'll yeah. wrestle on Christmas and New Year's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that was an interesting tweet. So what's next? Um, so somebody that we actually had on our show, they're injured. And it was kind of breaking news because Bill told us when. Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily. I mean, it, it, the news came out yesterday, late, late yesterday. Um, Wrestling Observer was the first people to report on it. Um, he has a lateral meniscus uh, issue in his left knee. Kenny Omega is who we're talking Sorry, about. Kenny Omega, the the cleaner, uh, the Bullet Club leader. Uh, everyone's wearing Bullet Club shirts today. No, uh, especially the, TK. The black shirt. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he's got an issue in his left knee with his lateral meniscus. Um, no word on whether it's a tear or a sprain um, or, or anything like in depth. But New Japan confirmed it. Uh, they didn't say much. He's gonna. They're, they're currently about to start the Road to Destruction tour. Uh, which is going to lead up to the destruction event in um, Kobe. Uh, he's going to be off the whole tour, but he's still set to defend the IWGP United States Championship against Juice Robinson at destruction on, I believe, September 24th. And he's going to be replaced on the tour by the third son of Haku, who's uh, making his big uh, entrance there, Leo Tonga, who is six foot eight. We haven't seen him yet? Not not as far as I know. Yeah. He's been at the New Japan jo- Dojo, and he trained uh, at the Dudley Academy, 3D yeah. Academy. Um, but he's the tallest member of the New Japan roster, and uh, he's going to be teaming with the Gorillas of Destiny against uh, Juice and uh, War Machine. Oh, okay. First, uh, first stop on that tour. Juice and War Machine, huh? Interesting yeah. pairing there. Well, just because it was, it was going to be Kenny who's feeding with Juice against the War Machine who's feeding yeah. with the Gorillas. So. Huh. I'm really sad to hear that. I, I it doesn't sound like a, a, a serious uh, injury, or or, 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 or we wouldn't be hearing about him defending a, still defending the title. Well, is there a chance that he's just working that show to drop the title if he's like significantly injured? Like the, he, he's good enough to work one show because I know that, that wrestlers have done that in yeah, the past. Yeah, yeah, sure, that could be it. But um, how is is Kenny Omega? Like I haven't really heard like what his rap is on far as like getting injured go like i mean he's had a few here and there right yeah but it's nothing not major. he doesn't have a history of a significant injury and hmm. he's worked banged up uh, at times but he's been actually really good at avoiding injury as far as as far as indie wrestling That's really especially important. yeah especially with his style yeah of how he wrestles yeah. i wonder if it happened this weekend at bola because he only had one match at bola but it was a hell of a match or it could have been like a strain from like constant work at the g1 you know finally your body's kind of taking a toll or you know something along yeah, those it's lines. like a rubber band and it just yeah because yeah. you know usually i feel like with with a knee injury they tend to be kind of like a freak accident you can just kind of do a, a minor step wrong the wrong way and then it happens you know honestly yeah. for me like i just think that as long as like kenny focuses on not letting it affect him in terms of like maybe putting too much weight on the other leg and then oh you know something happens like that so i think that it's more just like a mental game now obviously you know do whatever the doctor tells him to do and stuff like that but knee injuries definitely have to be careful so as an indie wrestler as far as like medical because i know with the wwe they kind of you kind of go through all these medical um kind of clearances do you do the same thing with other um wrestling organizations no. or you just <laughs> especially not global force hey here's the here's how that works everywhere else it's like you know what we don't want to know okay i'm just being honest with you it's like you hey that's you that's on you like you know how you feel if there's something wrong with you like you shouldn't be wrestling you know like and i'm kind of like okay you know i'm for that Sort of. I mean, I'm, I mean, maybe not on the WWE scale right. where they can afford it, but like, you know, how how can you expect you know some of these companies to 
to do all that. That's a lot. Well, maybe just a clearance to, because the thing is, if you have these minor ish, uh, injuries and with an athletic mindset, you're going to just keep on going. So at least have that clearance of, okay, well, you, you can't. You can't do that, and you know he's an independent contractor. It's right. not the same as I mean, okay, technically WWE's independent contractors, but mm-hmm. they're exclusively contracting themselves to WWE. Right. This way is different. It's more free agent kind of stuff, and so like he's the one that has to decide that. No one else. He's his boss. Okay. No one's. No one is Kenny Omega's boss. Well, and WWE is doing that to protect their investment. I think Reckless Youth. Went to the before it was the performance center. Went to like OVW mm-hmm. and did like a springboard and blew out his knee, but his knee had already been screwed. Sure, it just happened there, and then WWE had to pay for it right. because yeah. it happened there. Yeah. So this is their way of covering their bases so that doesn't happen again. But. Yeah, and I, I'm all for them doing that. Like when when you get to that level, as far as like okay, doing like stress tests on the heart and mm-hmm. things like that, because there's some guys that ha- or guys and ladies probably that have found out some things about their health that they may not have otherwise found out right. that may have saved their lives. Definitely. You know, here's the thing about, like, okay, you hear about, uh, okay, oh, so-and-so was being looked at by WWE or mm-hmm. this person, you know, you know, they got a developmental deal, but then something fell through. You don't know. Like, a lot of times when... I'm well, not, Willie Mack. Not even... I'm not mentioning any names, <laughs> okay? okay? <laughs> no name. I'm just saying that we don't know what they found out in those uh, in those uh, physicals yes. and all these tests mm-hmm. because there's HIPAA laws that prevent them from disclosing any of that. They would get their asses sued off. So some people are like, okay, um, they're so stupid for not bringing this guy in. They're a lot, you know. And I've been one to do that in the past. I just we don't know. You know the real reasons behind a lot of those things. So, anyways, back to what we were talking about. <laughs> well, that is what we were talking about. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, I love you, Sean. Um, so, um, Jeff Jared, uh, Jared, sorry, he is no longer. Well, kind of looking for a job. What's the? I don't know if he's looking for a job. You think he's, he's looking for a job? No. Like, no. you think he's good? Yeah, I think yeah. he's fine. Are you kidding me? <laughs> The judgment, guys. <laughs> Honestly, when I heard about this, to tell you the truth, I was really sad because, you know, you know, obviously some people give TNA a bad rep, but the truth is they have some great stuff on there. The shows I've been to have been amazing, and I've honestly been a fan of Double J for, for quite a while. I think what he was doing with the company was, you know, moving forward was great, and... You know, I was watching uh, Triple Mania when he came out, and he people were saying that you know he he didn't look well, right? And um, it was a little strange how he was acting on there, and people are saying that that's kind of the reason as to why this happened. But I just think that I'm really sad, but at the same time, oh, and I'm just kind of sad for the future of TNA, especially because right now uh, Jeff Jarrett still owns the hundred percent. 100% name for the uh, for Global Force Wrestling. So it's like, what is going to happen? And I'm just kind of sad for the future or nervous yeah. for it, you know? And Anthem, Anthem, what are they called? Anthem. Anthem. Yeah, they're just... Like they're uh, ready to get rid of it, right? Well, I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out like who it was that told him that was a good idea to get in the wrestling business in the first place. <laughs> 
Well, I know they know? wanted the tape library. They they had a huge they they had like a huge investment or interest in uh, TNA's tape library. So I feel like if anything, that might be the thing that's kind of keeping them latching on to the company, and you know, hopefully, make some money in the future. Well, I mean, from strictly business standpoint, and and I'm happy they they put their money. I'm happy they you know got in the wrestling business because it's given you know a lot of people I know some paychecks. Uh, but like, from a business standpoint, it would have made better sense for them to just try to buy the uh, the tape library, you know. Uh, but I guess that was what WWE was trying to do, and and eventually, like I've said, like I said, I don't know how many years ago I said this. I put this in a tweet. Uh, you know, at the end of, at the end of this, WWE is is going to have TNA's you know uh, content on on WWE Network. That's how it's going to end up, inevitably. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Guarantee it. Take it to the bank and cash (laughs) it. So you think they should just cut their losses now and sell it to them right away and then start focusing with that money, rebranding, and doing something else? Yeah. 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 Yes. That's what Corgan wanted to do. Yes. That's what Billy Corgan wanted to do. He wanted to start start over. Sure. And I just wish Billy would have just done that. Instead of saying, oh, I need to go in here and buy this mess of a business that's a just complete shambles well he might be trying to do that with the NWA name now and I'm you know like I, I my hat's off to him for doing that because he loves wrestling and we need more people like Billy uh, involved in wrestling but man I just an NWA thing I just don't man I just feel like that's barking up an old dead tree yeah this is how I feel about it I mean I and I'm a nostalgic guy and I love NWA but that actual business plan i just don't see it yeah so anyways let's continue moving forward i think that's oh sexy right? star what yeah. were you gonna say uh, about sexy star uh we were, we're moving forward she so sexy stripped. star got stripped of the of the of the, of the title because of the incident that happened at triple mania with um with rosemary, rosemary which yeah. ended up causing a lot of drama between uh gfw and uh the the, the triple A people. So uh, basically, essentially, Rosemary, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, Sexy Star has not yet apologized for what she did with the uh, the arm bar. Basically, she purposely broke Rosemary's arm, but she's saying that no, that that's not the way that it happened, that she was just doing her arm bar like she normally does, but yet she kept it going after the match was over. And essentially, she says that uh, Rosemary was never checked by any officials. And so she's trying to cover herself, but there's bad right. rep. Well, what's the real, okay, like, sift through all the bullshit. What's the real injury that, that Rosemary has? She popped her arm out of socket, and they put it back in. And she's I think okay she popped now? her shoulder out, and they put it she's back okay in. She's okay now? Yeah. Okay. It is bullshit what, what Sexy Star did. And I, I, I commented on this on other shows or whatnot. Um, she got her ass beat. She got her ass handed to her when she first started. I was there. She was what they... She was considered like a groupie or a wrestling band, mm-hmm. you know, that got into wrestling. So those girls were beating her ass. So I guess maybe she felt like that, like, you know, that mentality is kind of carried over with her. Like, you don't have to be the one that, that passes it on mm-hmm. just because it happened to you, you know? Like, that goes with a lot of things. 
in life, you know? To go so many years, though, without... Because she's been Sexy Star for a, a long, long time, time now. Yeah. That's, but there's been many years since that happened. And, and to go th- so many years without an incident, and then to quit wrestling, to go into boxing, have her boxing match, then have this huge shadowy thing for her to come back and make a huge splash so they had to get the the, the title off of Taya because yeah. they didn't trust Taya to drop it. So Sexy Star pulls this power play to come back in after she's retired and then in like one of her first matches back she does this. Like, yeah, that's brutal. That's just... But, but I mean, but people are reading a lot of things into different things, okay? And, and I think they're not taking into consideration that wrestling in Mexico is still kayfabe. Okay, I mean, they might get news from the states, but in Mexico, the business itself, everyone in the business, still treats it gay fabe. Okay, so her public statements, you can't look at those like you would a statement from a wrestler here, because they're still half-assed trying to protect their business, okay? And even even then, like if you read Sexy Star's latest uh, statement she made... um, like she still she gives away some wrestling like she gives away the business a little bit and I think honestly that's why she got uh, in trouble. Mm-hmm. I think she get heat for that. Yeah, I think a lot of people they've you know throughout her career they've already had like they've already struggled with her whether she acts like a diva or she's just not doing what you know she's probably just maybe thinking more of herself. I know these are some of the rumors that are going around of people that have worked with her. So I know that in the in uh, in Triple Mania when she was in the four way she wasn't even necessarily pissed at Rosemary. She was mad at the other two girls because apparently they were stiffing her and, and she then couldn't she took do her shit about it. On, yeah. She, yeah. she yeah. tried to get physical with the other and one and pump. it just wasn't happening. No, they all whip her ass. Yeah, because yeah, at one point she even came out of the match and was just like throwing a fit yeah. outside and I was like, is this part of it? Like, what's <laughs> happening here? It was crazy. Yeah, so, you know, it's really like for us to sit back here in the States and 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 analyze it is it's difficult. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 there's a lot of cultural differences. Yes. But I think that what compounds it is that no one else who is in that match is part of that culture. Yeah. And especially not Rosemary, who wasn't even involved in what got Sexy Star hot, yeah. but ended up being the person who was at risk because of what Sexy Star yeah. decided to do. Yeah. And this is, I mean, it's really, honestly, I'm just telling you, knowing AAA, they could give two shits about okay. this. And it's not a big deal in Mexico in general. I don't, only because it's being a big, uh, you know, being made a big deal out of internationally. That's, that shit happens in Mexico between Mexican talent all the time. All right? So, I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, it's right or wrong. It's, it is wrong, you know? But, I mean, they're just still a little behind down there. Uh, yeah, I think that the, the, the fact that it happened on uh, Triple Mania is also why it's a big deal because, like, that's the one AAA event a year that people outside of AAA fans might yeah. watch and it happened yeah. there. Well, wasn't Jeff Jarrett supposed to address this on Global Force this week? Well, he's, there was like a teaser. Yeah, there was yeah, like yeah. a teaser I for just, them addressing it, and everyone's like, "If this was a work this entire time, that's so messed up and disgusting. How could they do that?" Yeah, I think he's just going to talk about it because Rosemary was involved. So I just think it's not a good idea to, to be putting a lot of focus on this. Like, oh, somebody really got hurt. You mean sure. so no one really get like? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, just that's just that's, leave it alone. that's the problem at the root of as good as the Roman Reigns John Cena stuff has been. 
like that whole like stuff that the NWO pioneered of like this is the only real thing and we know that you know that everything else isn't real but this one is like that doesn't really work at the end of the day like it's bad for overall business I feel I think it's yeah. the reason why it's so high and why everyone's talking about it. So many little things. One, these two women are from, you know, different companies, different countries, whatever. And not only that, like, I know it sounds kind of bad, but they're women too. So they're like, oh, like, you know, like if these girls are get, having this kind of problems, like it's yeah. intriguing to people. And not only that, a sexy star's husband is super, you know, famous in Who Mexico. Is it? He's, a, he's a famous boxer. He's like really huge in Mexico. I don't, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's it's not connected. But he's really huge. Like, he's huge down there. Yeah, so okay. I think that's why, you know, it's also, you know, the, the intrigue is there. And... Yeah. Johnny okay. Gonzalez. All right. Well, that's about it for the news this week. Hey, let's, before we uh, take a break and come back with uh, Marty Skrull, let's uh, let's do our, uh, our stuff Around that we the need horns? to do here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you can follow us on AfterBuzz uh, TV, also Twitter, the Real Xbox, uh, IG Xbox One Two Three Sixty, Facebook Xbox One Two Three Sixty Show. Um, also, you can sign up for the newsletter on Facebook. Um, iTunes, definitely leave all your comments there. And definitely five stars. YouTube, we all read your comments, so please keep those comments going. And uh, Celeb Video, uh, you want to say something uh, that happened last week, you said? Or something? No, I just yeah, I just didn't get a chance to plug anything because I, I, took, I abruptly took the show home <laughs> last week without letting anyone plug their social media or... Or anything. It was just like slamming the car into park when you're driving down the road doing 50. So, yeah, no, celeb, celebvm.com slash Sean Waltman. So if you have like a wedding or uh, the weddings seem to be popular uh, lately with these. Uh, bar mitzvah. Bar, yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Any kind of uh, uh, anything, really. Yeah. We bring you the show every week for free. So uh, stop by celebvm dot com slash Sean Waltman and buy a video. Support the show. Yes. Or if you want to stop by Bar Wrestling tomorrow in Baldwin Park, you could see Sean wrestle and you could buy something from him personally. Uh, Shh, tickets. That's a secret. <laughs> no, uh, tickets are available at uh, brownpapertickets.com. Uh, 20 bucks if you buy them from there, 25 at the door. Also, Sean has a training seminar coming up at the Minnesota Wrestling Academy on October 30th. Uh, check out theacademyprowrestling.com for that. That'll be Sean Devare and Ken Anderson School. That so year. also that week, like um, that Saturday, I have a an appearance in Eden Prairie at a place called Fan HQ, and uh, um, that's oh crap, I don't know. But anyways, you can look that up. Uh, and and also uh, uh, on Sunday, there's a heavy on wrestling event in Duluth, Minnesota, uh, that Sunday, which which is what the 29th. Yeah, because that's the thirtieth. Yeah, so that and that and so me returning to my home, one of my home states. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, keep on going, Jimbo. That those are your upcoming events, and I just want to thank all the fans for sticking with us a whole year on Xbox One Two Three Sixty, constantly tweeting and tagging us and letting us know their thoughts. New fans, old fans, we really appreciate you. Kid. Continue to use the hashtag XPOC12360 and let us know what you like and who you want to see. You saw a lot of fans this weekend at PWG that had nothing but good things to say. I yes. talked to several people. Yeah, like, okay, 
you know, here and there we get like comments and you know, going to airports or different things like that. Uh, people come, hey, love the podcast, but really a lot lately, probably in the last, I don't know, couple of weeks, it's been like the awareness has gotten like oh, big, it's gotten big, yeah. And, and um, I think that's just uh, what happens if you know, we really just, I mean. Fun. We just do our best to, to put on the best, put out the best content we can. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty proud of everything and uh, um, trying to make it better. So awesome. Yeah, and prowrestlingtees.com/slash Sean Waltman. Yep. All right. So, anyways, anything else before we uh, take uh, a break? Jimbo social media as well. Oh. oh, follow me on, on Twitter at Jimbo in the booth. <laughs> All right, you guys can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. All right, so you guys don't get to plug your stuff at the end now. <laughs> yes. Oh, we yeah. were not. Too late. Too late. Nope. Um. All right, hey everyone, we'll be right back uh, with Marty Skrull. What's up, party people? Uh, Roxas Dreyer here from The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice-weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the mad millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Joining us now uh, from the UK. And he was, uh, he was uh, this week he was in uh, the PWG Battle of Los Angeles 2017. Um, ROH, I think he's still the ROH TV champion. I'm not sure. but uh, I'm unfortunately not. <laughs> well, sh- damn it. Anyways, there goes my introduction. So, uh, hey, I'm a huge fan of this guy. You just heard his voice a little bit ago. They call him the villain. His name's Marty Skrull. Everyone give it up for Marty. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Now, I, I can confirm, unfortunately, uh, I am not the TV champion anymore. I won Adam Cole screwing out the title. So, uh, no, I am Marty Nobel, so the guy at the moment. <laughs> That's all right. It's just another prop. You got plenty of them, man. Yeah. Like, I was watching. Well, well, I. Go ahead, man. Sorry. I was going to say, uh, it seems like in this day and age, like every one of my wrestler friends has like two or three or four belts. So right. In my head, I was like, right, I'm going to stand out. I'm going to lose all my belts. <laughs> you might know so it was the plan all along. Yeah, but you're, you know what, though? You have you have some of the sweetest gear and uh, just overall, like, your getup uh, of anyone. In, like in wrestling, especially the independence uh, scene right now, so it's not like you really need the belt. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you. Like, uh, to be honest with you, yeah, the amount of gimmicks I come with to the ring was getting a bit overwhelming. Traveling with them all, so uh, yeah, adding the belt in my bag was kind of a nuisance anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like I always say, it's a, it's a rib on myself because when I actually wrestle, all I wear is a little pair of you know trunks, but right. then. When I pack to travel, I've got to take the coat, the umbrella, the hat, uh, the mask, everything. So it just ends up being a, you know, half my bag is just my, is my maintenance gear. So, hey Marty, um, when did we first meet? Was it on Southside uh, Pro- Southside Wrestling Show? Yeah, I might have met you briefly before then. I'm trying to think. The first time I can really remember there was was the Southside Show in. Uh, in was that at Circus India. Tavern? 
Yeah, which ironically, actually, so the place I train to wrestle is actually just around the corner from there, like literally like a, like a minute walk away. And it's a really kind of obscure area. I remember training when I trained there many years ago. I remember thinking, oh, this is a really random place and kind of out of nowhere. Right. And then when I heard Southside running a show next to it, I was like, well, this is bizarre. So, yeah, I know that area quite well. I spent kind of my teenage years around that, around that way learning how to wrestle. Huh. But th- the thing is, is I wouldn't have, if I met you uh, before you were the villain, I wouldn't have recognized you uh, when I met you as the villain because I saw a picture of you, Marty. And you were holding up a belt. I think it was on your Wikipedia page. And I was like, that can't be him. <laughs> yeah, I can confirm. <laughs> I mean, no, you, you I, look uh, great, but yeah. you just don't look like you do now. No, no. I, well, you know, I think, uh, I mean, a lot of people are aware of me and uh, my, my work as a wrestler as the villain. Yeah. Um, but it's only been doing that for maybe three or four years. Right, but I actually realized earlier today, I think it's been, since I walked into a training school, the one right near the Circus Tavern, I think I've been involved now about 14 years. So a long time, kind of half, oh well, yeah, nearly half my life. So, um, but no, I've been wrestling for a long time, but I never really had much. I was so concentrating all the time on just being a good wrestler right. and, you know, knowing all the holes, learning all the moves. And then it kind of hit me one day. I was like, no, Marty, you need a gimmick and what you're doing is not working. So... I kind of had a transformation, and uh, yeah, that's what you got now. <laughs> but yeah. no, it was very, very different back in the day. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think it's working out pretty well for you, don't you, Marty? Uh, it seems to be going okay. Yeah, yeah you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's good. It's certainly better than back then. But the, you know, it's a, it's a growing thing. Like when I started out um, back in the day, around two thousand and four, two thousand and five. The scene here in the UK wasn't so strong either. Yeah. So it obviously took all that experience and wrestling different people, you know, like yourself and everything else to get better. So uh, I kind of grew as a performer, I guess, as the scene in the UK grew as well. Yeah. Hey, Marty, I was listening to you on Sam Roberts, and you were talking about how uh, how uh, you liked me when when you were younger, and that you that you really dug my. Uh, uh, my SummerSlam 99 or no 2000 I think it was match with uh, Kane versus Undertaker and Big Show you were into that whole storyline huh <laughs> yeah it's funny like uh, so I was a big fan of Xbox when I was a kid just the attitude area in general I'm honored um, by that by the way thank you no it's yeah you know I've told you multiple times but I'd watch I used to watch uh, wrestling sort of in the early 90s yeah um, I was really young you know sort of five six years old and then I took like a little bit of a gap, maybe a few years where I wasn't able to watch it. And then I came back during the attitude era, which I think a lot of fans, if you look at the ratings, I think else is kind of what happened to the majority of people. Um, but then when I saw the attitude era, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it at first. I was like, what the hell is, like, what is this? This is just nuts. And I remember seeing Steve Austin beating up referees and thinking like, you can't do that. Like, and I, I thought it was a bad guy in my head. I, was, I don't yeah. like him. Like, he's beating up the officials, but uh, for some reason, I really, really took the DX. I was a big, you know, I guess a lot of people my age was a massive sort of uh, DX mark. And X-Buck, uh, for one reason or another, was, you know, was my favorite. And I, I'm guessing it's because I was always kind of told as a kid, oh, you're too small for this and too small for that. So yeah. I looked at X-Buck and I kind of, you know, I kind of related to him a lot. And uh, the whole dynamic of Kane, I know me and Zach were talking about the other day, I was like, yeah, X-Buck and Kane are our favorite tag team. And uh, I don't know, I think it was just a... Uh, the idea of a small guy with a big guy 
uh, and I remember that specific match, the reason why that match stands out for me, not necessarily the match, but I just remember going into that pay-per-view being like, oh, Matt, it's like, I believe yourself and Kane were the tag team champions. And yeah, we were. Big Show and yep. The Undertaker, yeah. And I was like, oh, mate. I was like, there is... Oh, it's no tough to get to be Undertaker and Big Show. Like, really, really concerned about it. You and know, you were right. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it got me. It worked me. I was like, oh, this because it's too big. I was like, Kane's big, but Kane, Xbox on that, you know, not big enough. Oh, you know, I was just really worried about it. And sure enough, you guys lost and broke my heart. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but 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 Marty, if you if you look at that match, it's a it's a I think it's a great example of of how a guy our size. Can can fit can fit in the mix with the bigger guys, you know? Like because yeah. I mean I mean, yeah. looking at the just the way the match was set up, it, and I just think that was my strong suit. You know, I wasn't the most athletic. I had some really nice kicks, and you know, I took punishment and bump, good bumps and all that. But like, uh, where was I? I just had the biggest brain fart ever in the middle of my <laughs> the match with Kane and Big Show. Your your technical, how your physical. I don't know. Yeah. Damn it. I think I get, you, you took, like, go on, go on, Xbox. Like, I feel like uh, you're one of those wrestlers that, despite your size, you kind of carried yourself. Like, yeah. uh, where when you wrestled someone like the big show, you didn't look like our place, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and not doing, Just, not doing things that take you out of your suspension of disbelief. You know, like, like, right, like yeah. when, like when we, like when you and I try to shoot a guy into the ropes that's three hundred and fifty pounds, it just doesn't look right, Marty. You know? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm with you. I'm and, with and there's you. other, yeah. and there's yeah. other ways of, of of going about getting people to move around the ring, and that's and and it was just that yeah. was that was my specialty. So that was what I was getting no, at. I agree I, with you. Yeah, I wasn't the bad. I wasn't the you know wasn't the most athletic, but I was really good at that. So yeah, <laughs> and, no, I'm, I'm and with you, you are there. Too. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like I often think. Sometimes I'll be matched up with guys and I'll look at them and think, bloody hell, like they're a lot taller than me. Yeah. But then I think the biggest compliment is when I have a match with someone and I ask someone afterwards in my car, did I look like really, really small next to them? And I'll say, no, no, you look fine. And I think it's just like that way of carrying yourself in the ring where you don't look completely out of place, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and as a, um, a Marty, do you work as, as a villain? Do you work much with, with bigger guys or do, do when you're, when you're, uh, when you're booked out places, is everyone pretty much around the same size as you? Um, that's a good question. For the most part, it seems these days, it's, it's normally a lot of the same kind of size people as me. Obviously, when I'm in Japan, it's like the junior weights for the most part. Right. Um, but then, you know, every now and then, like, I actually enjoy working big guys because it's just another dynamic yeah. to tell and a different story to tell. And, you know, you have to kind of switch up the moveset and everything else. But for the most part, uh, it's mainly guys my size, yeah. yeah it seems like I guess the general consensus of wrestlers these days is a lot smaller. Sure, yeah, and especially in the UK, I notice like because like there's there's a couple of guys over there like Sticks was one of them. Uh, he's not really working yeah. anymore, but there was a couple of guys that here would just be considered you know like bigger guys, but not huge, you know. Um, yeah, no, I think like I'm not sure why that is. Like, I guess. Americans in general are bigger than Europeans, I find. I guess it's to do, you know, you do you do sports at a serious level in school and everything else, and I guess you know, right. you, yeah, that's I don't right. know if it's that Americans are more athletes or what, but in general it seems like, you know, you're bigger over there. Yeah. So, but, you know, when, when I was talking to you about the uh, the size difference and working with bigger guys, like as a heel, uh, Marty, 
like it's you don't get that David and Goliath uh, dynamic because you're the one that's got to be chop, you know, uh, getting the heat on the guy. And so, like it's it's tough, man. It's tough, but it's totally doable. Yeah, no, I think it's doable. I think a big part of it as well is having to. I, I normally try and play it where I'm, you know, either dodging or diving or using underhand tactics right. or whatever it might be to try and go up and top. And also, like with me as well, I'll really try and turn the aggression up. And I normally say to the guy before, like, remember years ago, I can't even remember who it was, but I was just in someone who's big. I can't even remember. But I was hitting them, and they're like, and I'm just, you know, giving them some works, punches, whatever it was, or uppercuts or forearms. And I'm like, dude, just hit me. Like, you're not going to hurt me. Just hit me. <laughs> you know, trying to work it, just hitting them as hard as I can. I've kind of kept that yeah. <laughs> as I've gone on. So anytime I go with a big guy, I normally say before, I'm like, oh, heads up, I apologize. Um, but then obviously, like I said, it, whether it's dodging and diving or if it's using those underhand tactics, I think the payoff is normally, you know, you bumping your ass off at, you know, toward the end. So, sure. uh, you know, that's, that's another thing with big guys, like getting thrown around. Hey, Murray. Um, how'd you feel this weekend at, at uh, Battle of Los Angeles? Uh, it was good, really good. I uh, the temperature there, you were there yourself. Oh, yeah, it was just utterly ridiculous. <laughs> so, I must, you know, say good job to the fans because they sit there for you know, the shows like you've been there, they're long shows, and the fans yes. sit there the whole time. And the first night, I I'd been out in the daytime uh, by a pool, kind of with my top off, and I think I've got a bit of sort of sunburn, a bit of sunstroke. I just felt absolutely horrendous, and just for my match, and really, really struggling to breathe. But no, I wrestled uh, Flash Morgan Webster on the first night, and, um, and it was, I think that was actually his debut in America, actually. So I was, you know, I was hoping to have a good match with him to try and. That's the thing now. Like I've, I've got my place at PWG now, good relationship with uh, Super Dragon Owns it and everything else. Um, so there's obviously quite a few guys coming over making their debuts. Flash Morgan Webster was one of them, and he's been around the UKC now for quite a number of years. So it was more important for me that first night to try and make him stand out and you know kind of guarantee him a job at PWG. And you really did that, Marty. I mean, you really featured him, and the way you started the match off was absolutely brilliant because I believe there was probably <laughs> there was two matches before you, right? Either one or two matches, and you know damn well. From the first match on, everyone's going out there and throwing everything they've got out there to uh, yeah, yeah. to impress everyone uh, in the wrestling world, and especially Dave Meltzer sitting in the front row. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So w- yeah, what impressed well, me more than anything was the way you started that match, Marty. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, the way I look at BWG, I, I really enjoy the shows, and it's not necessarily because the crowd's so wild or... You know, or the standard of wrestling. It's just I always look at it as a challenge because, like you said, you've got so many guys going out there doing everything and throwing against the wall. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, I can't do that. Like, I haven't got that many impressive moves. I'm not like a crazy high flyer. I'm not going to be taking any massive bumps to the floor anytime soon. Like, I want to have a long career. (laughs) So, in my head, I'm always like, okay, how can I just try and do something different? Or, more so lately, just like, oh, how can I just tell a good story? Because a lot of these matches, uh, on the show, it's not that you don't have a, a, a good story, but a lot of them don't have a good they're story. Really, really heavily <laughs> emphasized. Yeah, they just, you know, they're more just based on the moves and yeah. you know, the oohs and the ahs. And a lot of the guys are working for pops, you know, that kind That's of right. firework display, which is fine. So then I'm like, okay, cool. How can I 
try and uh, work for heat as opposed to the yeah. pops. And it got to a point in PWG quite early on for me where I was, even though I came in as a bad guy, I was getting really, really, you know, decent reactions and like almost like baby face reactions. Um, and then like, it'd be easy for me just to kind of ride that and be like, okay, I guess I'm a, a baby face here now. But in my head, I was like, no, you know what? I want to challenge. So now it's like, come out, I get a really good reaction. I'm like, right, how can I turn the crowd against me straight away? You know what I mean? Like, how can yeah. I get them? To not enjoy me and that's the challenge for me and that's what i want to do i know for a fact if i go to the ring and i do a pile driver on the apron whatnot it's going to get a response but you know where what's the how am i getting any kind of creative satisfaction on that you know so yeah. it's more important for me now to go out there and try and do something different and maybe do something that's a bit of a risk and i honestly if you ever call a match with me i'll sort of time i say okay this i want to try this there's a good chance it might get crickets and it might not go over, <laughs> but we'll give it a go. And if it's, you know, nine times out of ten, it's all right because of, you know, um, you know, kind of a good idea what the, what the audience wants. But there is sometimes when I do something, it's like, oh, that didn't work. Um, but I, that's the, the risk I want to take as a performer. Uh, so, yeah, the match I did with, um, uh, with Flash of the Weekend, uh, we started the match and I kind of got in the microphone and chewed him out and said, listen, I'm the, I'm the Battle of Sanders winner and this is my place and, you know, save yourself the embarrassment. You can leave now and go back to Wales. And the and people, are, and the people are eating free. it all up. The people are eating it all up. Every, yeah. every word you were saying, they're well, eating the it up. the thing is as well, yeah, for sure. And the thing was, I was like, Flash, he's, he's you know, a, an exciting baby face, but no one knew him, so I was like, okay, there's a real good chance if I just go in this straight, like, people might just gobble him up and just cheer me. Yes. And kind of, like, go it was really important for me to go on him, kind of interrogate him, and make people think, oh, you know what? He's been an arsehole. This guy has flown all the way from Wales. Like, we want to cheer for him. So yeah. I said to him, you know, I'll give you the count of three to get out of my ring. And then uh, as I started to count, he um, headbutted me and uh, covered me for the one, two, three. Wasn't uh, it? What the fans thought was <laughs> for the one, two, three, you know, beating the bowler champion within, you know, 10 seconds, or whatever it is, in yeah. the first round. But. They didn't realize that my foot was under the bottom rope. So was it really, though? See, because I think you put my... it on after the fact, Marty. <laughs> Say that again. I, I said, was Jordan it really? Because I think you put your foot on the rope after the three count. Oh, no, I didn't put my foot on the rope at all. My foot was underneath. Ah, that's <laughs> what it was. No, but, okay, so yeah. when, when that happened, when he had butted you, because it was like the, you were counting and the people were counting with you, one, Two or something, and and then, then bam! You hear this smack, and he headbutts you. Down you go, covers you. One, two, three. The the roof about blew yeah, off of that place, man. And and I'm sitting, <laughs> and I'm standing next to Brian Kendrick, and we're watching through the curtain. You know that you know it's really hard to watch, but we're and and we don't you know because we can't see your foot on underneath the rope, and we thought that was it. Uh, okay. We thought that was it, and we yeah. thought it was, and, and we thought if that was it, it was great. Just at that. Do you know what? I, I kind of wish it was it. <laughs> it was, well, I don't, obviously, I want to advance, but uh, if it was Flash advancing, it would have been a great way. But no, my foot was actually under the way. It was like, it was, my foot was actually out of the, uh, yeah. completely out of the ring. They're quite straight apens there. But I think a lot of people were, were either like, I guess they'll notice more when they watch the DVD and it's got commentary, but I think people are like, oh, he didn't kick out, or his foot wasn't yeah. right. Like, no, no, that's right. Neither of them was the case. My foot was under the road. So the referee can one, two, Free and realized as, as he was doing the three, the, the leg was under the rope. So it saved me from being eliminated straight away. But uh, no, again, and again, that was, uh, like you said, it managed to get probably one of the 
the biggest pops of the night and one of the biggest reactions. Um, yeah. And obviously all I'm doing is kind of move, moving my legs slightly as opposed to being pile drive on the apron. Yeah, and <laughs> so, see, here's the I'm thing, Marty. Here's the thing about that. Like, if, you know, you were saying if you would have went out there and just gobbled him in, in the beginning, like, you know, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have served him well. If you would have went out there right. and then and just shined him up big time, that wouldn't have served him well either. I don't think. Right. It, it, it was that. It was that. What you did in the beginning that set the stage for for his uh, for a successful debut for him. That was a real big solid you did for him. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Like I said, it's just like, again for me, he's just trying to go in there and be like, especially because I wrestle there a lot. I'm always like, oh, what can I do different this time? Yeah. Because my moveset ain't going to change anytime soon. Um, but I'm like, oh, what can I, what can I do? You know. Sure. Hey, hey, um, my uh, my compadres here want to hop in. Who wants to, who wants to hop in Please first? Do. Well, Marty, uh, both of the guys that you wrestled at Bola this weekend, you know, both are from the UK scene, as you mentioned. How is how does it feel like for you to be a measuring stick guy? Uh, yeah, it's kind of odd. It's, it's funny how, uh, and because I, I mean, I wrestle in the United States uh, the majority of the time now, but I still live in the UK and spend you know the majority of my career here. And so the two guys I know really well. So it is quite ironic flying, especially for them. They must think, oh, flying 11, 11 hours to California to wrestle Marty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who lives a few hours from my house. But uh, no, I think I think they were both uh, excited to go in there with me because, again, they know I'm not a, a selfish wrestler and I'm someone who, uh, you know, can, can have good matches and enjoy people. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool to think that, like, you know, I'm one of the guys that have helped the UK uh, wrestlers kind of spread out across, you know, across the world and break out, should I say. Uh, back in the day, it seemed like such a hard obstacle to, you know, to even to wrestle in WF or you know, even wrestle in America seemed like such a big thing. And back in the day, we really had was the Bulldog. And later on, it was guys like Steve Regal. And then a little later on, guys like Doug Williams, and Johnny Storm, Johnny Fleisch, the kind of the class feeling. But then for many years, it didn't seem like uh, that was a real realistic opportunity for us. So, for like my, you know, guys like myself and, and Zach Sabre Jr., we kind of broke that glass ceiling for guys. And now, you know, the UK seems on fire. So these guys are getting, you know, opportunities and chances to do this. So, uh, no, I was happy to be a part of um, them. And plus, like, like I said, I've wrestled a PWG so much now. Like, I've pretty much gone through the roster. So I need these new guys to, to wrestle with. Well, you won Bola last year, 2016. Was that the original plan, or was Chris Hero supposed to win, and then he got injured, and they decided to give it to you? Oh, mate, I cannot confirm. I just won. I, I, I flew all the way out there, and uh, no, I powered through, and I won the whole thing. <laughs> was that the first time you went? You met William Regal backstage at PWG? Uh, Possibly. I'm not sure. I've met him a handful of times. I know you're hitting the high spots with Rob Naylor in 2015. It was Bola weekend, and you said you hadn't met Regal because they were talking about Regal. And then 2016, he was there. There's this great picture of you and him backstage talking. What kind of advice did he give you? What's it like to have him in the locker room? So Regal's great. Um, Like, I don't really have much relationship with him, but I actually spoke to him quite a bit this weekend. Um, But again, he's just a great you know, person to kind of brain pick. I'll do the same when I see Sean as well. But um, what's great about Regal as well is I guess I'm in very similar uh, kind of footsteps as, as he was many years ago, you know, being a British guy trying to yeah. make his mark on the US scene or whether it be Japan. 
and just trying to be unique and different. So, no, Regal, he'll, he'll watch matches and he'll never really... I'll ask him for advice afterwards and he'll never really talk to me about my match. It'll be normally other stuff. It'll normally be kind of character stuff or advice on, on how to, you know, conduct myself in the ring or whatever. It's never normally... Normally I'm like, oh, what do you think of the match? And it's, you know, if the crowd's gone with it, it's like, yeah, the match is great. But yeah. maybe you could do this. I mean, it, again, it's never normally about the matches. So no, Regal's uh, he's been a good help. Like, a, a few, I must have met him maybe four or five times now. So um, I'll always try. You know, anytime as a veteran or anyone I respect, I'll always try and you know bother them and try and pick their brains. Regal's a detail guy. When he he like his advice and stuff. Like uh, I heard him pull uh, uh, Flash Morgan aside like after your match and tell him just something simple as this. When he was getting a near fall on you, Marty, and the ref would count one, two, yeah. and you'd kick out, and every time you would kick out, uh, Flash would look up at the ref and go, two count? You know, hold the two fingers up, and, and, and Regal yeah, was just yeah. telling him, look, as a baby face, they like you, which is really rare for, for, for people to take to a baby face that quick anyways. And he was just telling him little yeah. things like that. They're not a big deal. But all those little things like that, like a baby face wouldn't necessarily do that, you know? I mean, it's little things like that that yeah. Regal brings to the table. Such yeah, no, you're completely right. And, uh, yeah, it's often stuff I, you know, I've learned over the years, and now I try to, to speak to people. Like, I'll see matches where, especially in the UK, because of the amount of handicap shows have been here over the years, you'll see so many matches where the baby face is so... Uh, happy happy and wanting to yeah. get the fans behind them so they'll start trying to cheer the crowd up but there's a lot of times I find over here not so much more but used to be so overbearing people like come on cheer for me cheer for me oh and Chief J Strongbow listen, like, <laughs> Chief, <laughs> Chief J Strongbow when I went out to the ring one time and did that shit Marty um, you know yeah. the whole clap get everyone going <laughs> I came back he, 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 he used to call me trailer he goes a trailer I said, what, Chief? He goes, why don't you just bring a, a pair of pom-poms pom out to the ring with you next time? <laughs> well, that's it. Like, yeah, cheerleading in the ring, I guess. Yeah. So, I, guess I guess the thing is, it's like, you know, everything you're doing in the ring is supposed to tell that story of what character you are and make you either likable or dislikable. And I guess standing there going, come on, everyone, please cheer for me. Yeah. It's actually not really that likable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you're sticking you're sticking to your uh to your heel guns like you were saying earlier like you're not giving up on it and just going with the baby face thing like uh, cuz it is likable Marty like and 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 the more you heal on people like do you remember the remember it at PWG uh the third night when uh, I can't remember what you were doing uh but you were walking outside the ring in the middle of the match and the guy like tried to give you a high five and you went up for it and then like flipped him off a little shit like that. Yep, Loved it. I love the fact that a fan was heckling you in the crowd, and you threw your opponent onto him. Yeah, that got a huge bop. <laughs> great. And then hey, the next night, you went to do it again, was... and the fan got out of his chair and was like, no, no. It was just <laughs> awesome. Yeah, well, it's just that, that, I guess, that fun crowd interaction. That's what people want, especially in such a small little, like, you know, intermediate building people want that they want to be engaged so there's you know let's say PWG there's maybe only 400 people there so like you know in the course of a match I can probably engage with a lot of different people and obviously some of them it might be just a little catch of the eye a little sort of snig but then obviously there's the other extreme where they get my opponent in front on top of them as well yeah. <laughs> either way I like to try and involve the audience as part of my kind of performance 
Uh, while we're talking about crowd interaction and crowd reaction, uh, when you went to New Japan, uh, I wanted you to succeed. I'm a fan of Marty Skrull, but I was honestly oh, very surprised at how quickly you got so over with the New Japan crowd. And, and do, you, do you have any explanation for, for your how, how rapidly you were able to be embraced by that fan base? Um, I mean, I was very fortunate in the sense that so the the matches I presume you would have seen where the crowd reacted really well to me would have been in the, the bigger kind of cities like or the bigger venues with the smarter crowds, places like Crooked Hall or maybe Osaka. But trust me, there was we did a lot of country towns where <laughs> I walked out and no one had a clue who I was, and it was legit crickets. <laughs> that was certainly a case. <laughs> no. Uh, I was fortunate because the first night I debuted, it was live on New Japan World, uh, but it was in Corken Hall. And I guess it's just, uh, you know, I guess now the fans are just smart because of social media and things like, you know, these apps where you can watch Ring of Honor or whatever, or PWG, whatever it might be. Uh, I guess people had even been watching it or they'd heard that I was announced for the tournament and so they'd researched me already. Um, so I guess there's less pressure in that sense kind of like PWG this weekend a few years back when I debuted at PWG not too many people knew who I was but in this weekend when I guys like Travis Banks and Flash Morgan Webster I think a lot of the audience have kind of done their research leading up to it and, and obviously now it's such an easy time to do so so yeah I was lucky in that sense in Japan and uh, what, what I found really funny is I guess people assume that Japanese wrestling especially New Japan expected to be kind of no-nonsense uh strong style everything else but the crowd's actually if you know more more so into the gaga they, they like, love you know, it the fact to come out to the ring with that big stuff they love that stuff like and i was like god i'm actually doing less stuff here in japan than i would do in the space like a lot less you know yeah. what i mean the crowd they prefer this kind of stuff so yeah but yeah, they I don't just the, buy the anybody's gaga they don't just buy anybody's gaga it's got to be good gaga marty <laughs> Well, I guess so, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I think for them, it just, again, going back to me, just trying to stand out and look different. I think, like, with my entrance and everything, they hadn't seen anything quite like it, and they were like, oh, who's this guy? And I guess, you know, it kind of caught on amongst them. But um, no, they, they're into that kind of stuff. They liked all the, all the kind of character work and everything else. Yeah. That was my next question for you, actually, Marty, because we talked about your Party Marty days. When I first <laughs> got exposed to you, you were in that transitional period where you were still using the Party Marty theme, but you had the fur coat and the umbrella, and you were beginning to be the villain. But I want to know, where'd the Plague Doctor stuff come from? Because that's what people are really latching onto now. Yeah. Um, I uh, Some of the biggest shows I used to do in London, I used to try and organize kind of like a big entrance. You know, like at WrestleMania, the guys would have yeah. you know, d different gimmicks for entrances. And... Uh, it was just an album cover I saw one day of this Plague Doctor, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I just, I was like, oh, at this entrance, I'm going to dress up as a Plague Doctor. And then uh, just completely out of nowhere. There uh, might like be I said, some. I do a lot of stuff that's a risk. There might be <laughs> like, some people. There might be some people that aren't familiar with what Plague Doctor is. It's the, like the mask, the, the big, big bird, bird the mask, mask yeah. and all that, right? Yes, I believe it was the, the doctors who'd used them back in the Black Plague and yeah. uh, wear those masks, and they'd put kind of spices and stuff in the nose to kind of protect them from, right. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just, I was like, oh, I'm going to just sort of a plague doctor. And then that was only supposed to be like a one-time thing. Uh, I did an entrance and then people kept sending me 
like people reacted to it and they kept sending it like fans this again as well social media comes into play uh, a lot of fans will send me uh you know drawings of these you know me and the play doctor mask and kind of really pops for the play doctor mask so i was like oh i guess and then it, even then i went through a phase of just wearing it sometimes and i was like no my i think i need to wear this every time so <laughs> but you already, yeah it just kind of you already had the you already had the umbrella in the act and then you added the plague doctor mask yes Yes, I'm just one by one adding different gimmicks. Like eventually, I'm going to have like a, a monkey on my shoulder and come to the ring with a motorbike. The flames coming out of it. <laughs> Do it. Uh, my, my my last question for you about New Japan is: uh, uh, Zack Saber is in the G1. You wear you weigh the same as Zack yeah. Saber. When when is Marty Skrull going to get a heavyweight shot in New, New Japan? Uh, well, I'm definitely. It's funny. Like when I was announced for the Best of Super Juniors loads of fans go oh Marty's not a junior weight and it's like no I definitely am a junior weight <laughs> I weigh about 12 and a half stone it's like I don't know 180 pounds um, so I think it's because I spent so many years I don't really wrestle a cruiserweight style and I spent so many years right. wrestling in promotions for like the heavyweight belt so people I guess assume that I'm not a I'm not a junior weight, but I very much am a junior weight. Somehow, I don't know what's going on with Zach. Somehow, he's in the heavyweight division. Because so, uh, he's, no, like, he's like six one or something, right? Like, I mean, yes, I think maybe that's he's, how he's they're... Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a junior weight back in the day when he wrestled for Noah. And I guess it's just one of those things, I guess, like, you know, what's sitting at the time, I suppose. But no, I like the idea of, you know, obviously, I've just started a new Japan now, and there's, there's you know, a whole load of good junior weights. So... It'd be nice to kind of wrestle in, in that division for, you know, however many years and then maybe move up to heavyweight. So maybe I'd have to go for a, a bulking phase or something. But no, uh, no we're very much a, a junior weight. Well, going back to your outfit and your fur coat and the umbrella and the hat and now the mask, when you fly to California from England, do they ever stop you at customs? Like, <laughs> why are you bringing a fur coat and umbrella to L.A.? Has anyone ever given you shit about that? Uh no, a few times I've had the whole, oh, you know, you're optimistic with your umbrella or whatnot. But uh, no, it'd be more like, I'd have it quite often when my bag will get pulled over and I'd be more worried about, uh, like, oh, they're going to pull the mask out and I'm going to be, you know, wondering why the hell I've got this, you know, this mask, which could look like it's some kind of crazy gimp mask or something. Right. But it was more so when I used to carry around the belt with me. I used to get stuck a lot because it's kind of, I'd have to have it in my hand luggage and I'd go through and, uh, They'd stop me and pull the belt out and, you know, ask me silly questions and stuff. But, uh, no, for the most part, uh, I'm all right. Actually, tell, actually, coming back from LAX, not yesterday, day before, as I was going through, because I always had my hand, my umbrella with me because it won't fit in my, my you know, my suitcase. Uh, as I'm going through, the security guard, he must have recognized me. He was like, oh, is that the, is that the Bullet Club umbrella? Oh, it's the very one. He goes, oh, I watch Being the Elite all the time. Nice. Oh, great. She's weak. Let me through. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever worry about bad luck opening umbrellas indoors? Uh, I used to. I used to be super, super uh, suspicious about it, but I kind of gave up after a while. <laughs> Mar- Marty, I realized that. No, I'm sorry. Do you uh, do you carry an extra umbrella in case the other one breaks like happened in New Japan uh, at the G1 special? Uh... That would be smart, actually. I, don't often... <laughs> I think when I was in Japan, I when I was in Japan, I, uh, I, I think I took a few with me there because that was a tour and I kept one on the bus. But I, uh, for the most part, it's, it's it's a lot more difficult now because I used to just have a normal umbrella. Yeah. So 
quite often on the road it would get broken. I go, oh, I just got to find another umbrella. Uh, so now um, I have to have the, the Bullet Club umbrella, which is obviously a bit harder to get hold of, but I can't just walk into a shop and buy one. Yeah, but so yeah. if you've noticed, more, more so my matches these days, the umbrella becomes less and less of a weapon because I'm gotcha. scared of breaking it. <laughs> you see, here's the thing. Uh, you should be able to go to the to the merch stand and get your uh your bullet club umbrella from there because they should be selling those to the uh to the to the fans marty should be making money off well of they those are umbrella. now they, they're, they're selling them they're selling them at the, if you ring of honor now um they have the uh the bullet club umbrellas and i had to fight for that as well I good saying, i remember saying one of the days i was like listen because I, I think it was my t-shirts we were doing a weekend in i want to say boston and uh like on the first show, two days in Boston, in the same venue. And before, it might have even been before the first show started, myself and my, my T-shirts and the Young Bucks T-shirts had all sold out. And I remember going to over to stand and being like, why are the shirts sold out? Like, you've got a truck, we need to be bringing loads of these shirts. Like, these are brand new. Like, they're going to sell. Right. And I was like, we need umbrellas here while we're at it. Do you know what I mean? Like, these are going to... Yeah, man. You know, they went online and they sold ridiculous amounts of them. You know, they crashed the Pro and Teeth website. I was like, people want this. Like, we need it here. That's the reason why I'm carrying it to the ring. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. it's, uh, it's, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to push it somewhere. So, no, fortunately, Ring of Honor bought a big stock of them. So, you can buy them at, uh, at Ring of Honor shows. Often, I'll get fans asking me at independent shows if they can buy the umbrellas. Uh, but... You know, like I said, it's hard enough for me now just to travel with my entrance gear and my clothes and everything else to show. So, like, traveling to the show with 20 umbrellas would be a complete nightmare. So. No, that's why you have somebody else carry them. Speaking of your shirts, they're all for sale at Hot Topic. Maybe Hot Topic will carry your umbrellas. I heard you say in an interview, if your shirts did well at Hot Topic, they were going to give you Funko Pop Vinyl figures. Nice. Obviously, your shirts have well, done very well. Do you know if... You're getting those pop vinyl figures? Uh, I've heard rumors. Nothing's confirmed yet, though, so I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. But, you know, it could be in the works as far as I know, but I've not been told anything official. So. Do you know who in the Bullet Club would get them? If it would just be like, uh, you I and don't. the Bucks? Or if it'd be I'd like... hope it'd be me. <laughs> but I'm not sure. No, the, like, as far as I know, like, um, the stuff of Hot Topic's been going really well. And, uh, you know, every week our T-shirts have been in the top five selling shirts there. And I think it's we've made it now, I guess, with Hot Topic in general would be a store where people wouldn't necessarily go there looking for something. They'd maybe just walk past and be like, oh, we'll check out Hot Topic and maybe pick up, I don't know, like a Metallica T-shirt or something. But now it's got to the point because, you know, we've, we have our shirts in there. We're promoting and pushing these shirts. And now it's actually sent our fans and as you know, too hot topic looking for the Bullet Club shirts, and I think it's a good case of you know people might go there and they're like, oh, I want a Villain Club shirt, and then if there's not a Villain Club one, they might be like, oh, I'll pick up you know the Young Bucks T-shirt or you know vice versa or whatnot. So uh, no, it's been I've been really overwhelmed actually with uh, our stuff going hot topic because it was one of those things where I was like, oh, this could be you know <laughs> again, like I said earlier, when you take that risk and oh, it might get crickets like. You might go in there and not sell anything, but uh, yeah, the thing's been really uh, overwhelming. Hot Listen, so. Marty, it does look. What, no matter how many they sell, your shirt is up on the wall at Hot Topic. So, I, at the very yeah. least, it's up. You have a shirt at Hot Topic, and that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, which is still yeah. It's still, I guess, I'm really processed it yet, really, because I remember 
when I first went to LA, like maybe two or three years ago, I remember going into Hot Topic and seeing WWE t-shirts on yeah. the wall and my mind being blown then, being like, what? This shop selling wrestling shirts? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? hey, um, have you guys now, had any... Have you, uh, I'm sorry, man. Have you... Uh, sometimes I step on people on the show. I'm really sorry, Marty. Um, You're good. <laughs> uh, have, has anybody mentioned doing in-store appearances at Hot Topics around the country? Uh, there's not really been any talks of it yet. We did uh, walk to Hot Topic when we did Long Beach shows in yeah. Japan. We were like, there was a hot, there was a hot topic, maybe a five minute walk away. So, the majority of the Bullet Club, I think Cody was there, but myself, Box, and Kenny, and a few yeah. others, maybe Hangman Page, and Chase. We all just walked to the hot topic, and uh, it was quite funny because we were just walking there, and then within a few seconds, we had sort of Bullet Club fans following us, and then by the time we got there, we maybe had like a hundred fans with us to try yeah. and walk into this store, this hot topic store, and then when we walked in there. They didn't have any Bullet Club shirts, like zero, they'd sold out. <laughs> so like, oh, okay. Uh, but no, it's not, uh, that's not been a thing, which is actually quite surprising. Uh, I think maybe next month, maybe even this month, I'm gonna uh, try and get over to the Hot Topic headquarters. Uh, I wanted to do it this weekend, yeah. um, while I was over PWG, but our schedule was so busy with the shows and everything, I didn't get a chance to. So hopefully, maybe this month or next, when I'm next in Los Angeles, I'm going to try and get to headquarters. and hopefully I'll be able to find out more. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that would be a good thing. Like, I, I said to the, the boys a while ago, I said, like, there's a lot of um, clothing brands these days, especially, like, gym wear, clothing brands will do these pop-up shops, and they'll just, you know, pop up a shop for a day in a big city, and then sell all the stuff. I was like, we should go around the country doing a Bullet Club one, you know, like, like a Bullet Club meet and greet, almost. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly a possibility. But, yeah, maybe I'll talk to Hot Topic about it and see what I can do. <laughs> Please, do that for me, would you, Marty? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I will do, definitely. <laughs> hey, Marty, um, how'd, you, how'd you come up with your finish? How did you, uh, you decide you wanted to use a chicken wing for your finish? <laughs> um, well, it's funny, because it's only to you reminded me you used to use a chicken wing in WCW. Yeah. Which, the buzz killer. I don't know if I, like, subconsciously stole that. <laughs> like, I don't know if that was Well, you wouldn't have been stealing it because it, I didn't invent the damn thing, so. Well, no. No, it was just a case of, uh, yeah, so I never had a few different finishes back when I was a good guy. Um, nothing really stuck. And then it was a case of, okay, how can I, I was like, okay, I'm a bad guy now. I want to make a move. Like, what's the most... Almost like what was the most boring move I can think of? Well, not that boring, but like the least impressive. You know, it doesn't involve a flip, doesn't involve a big bump. Right. And uh, a lot of British guys used to use the uh, used to use the chicken wings. So guys like Marty Jones would use it, um, Johnny Kidd, and uh, <laughs> even Norman Smiley would use it. I think in WCW as yeah. well. So I just kind of thought, oh, you know, maybe uh, I always thought it was a cool move, and like I said, legit hold. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll put it on, and if I start winning all my matches with it, people are going to be like, oh, like, it's just not an impressive move, and I just thought it'd be a really good way to to get heat and not get pops from my finishes. Uh, but ironically, kind of end up being one of the most popular parts of my hat. Yeah. People were actually quite excited to see it. So, yeah, I guess I kind of backfired. And, and, <laughs> and the other part, and the other, uh, like, the other thing you do that, like, I think people like amongst the... Uh, uh, like right up there with that is, is when you do the finger break yeah yeah <laughs> well again uh, a lot of my moveset or the stuff I did like the school that I got taught in was um, the guys who ran it were all kind of old 
British wrestlers from back in the sort of 70s, um, from that kind of world sport era. So a lot of my training was, you know, uh, was taught in that style. Then when I got into the scene, everyone was wrestling the American style. Um, so I always went back to my training to kind of get stuff that was, you know, would make me stand out now. And the American stuff, that, even if something so simple like breaking some fingers or something yeah. like a chicken wing, was stand stand out because it was so simple and different. So uh, that that was literally taught to me <laughs> years ago when I first started training. I was like, oh, that's cool. And uh, I used to do that like an idiot. I didn't even think about it. Like I used to do it like during the start of matches or just during like a like a chain wrestling sequence. Uh-huh. And then uh, <clears throat> I realized the, the kind of reactions it was getting. I was like, no, like I need to start doing that like as a cutoff or <laughs> you know like uh, to get my heat in a match. Yeah. And then, as it again, as it progressed, I was like, no, maybe it needs to be a bit later. And then it was actually when I wrestled AJ Styles for the first time, uh, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll do this here. And he goes, oh, no, he goes, you need to do that really late in the match. Yeah. I was like, okay. And it was him that kind of got me, he used to have a thing where he'd hit a guy with a move, they'd be sitting on their ass, and he'd kind of give them the kind of bullet club uh, gun finger to the head. And yeah. I was like, he's like, yeah. It might have been his idea of mine, but it was either I was going to grab the finger and snap it, and then got such a great reaction for that. I was like, damn, like, I, I, right. like, I need to be doing this at the very end of my matches. I found it interesting that you were telling me um, that Austin mentioned to you maybe you should use that as one of your finishes. Yeah, he did. We actually had a few people say that to me. So uh, obviously you're going to take someone uh, like Austin's advice. And I, and I, I, and I totally understand why he told you that because, I mean, it is one of your signature moves and it gets a hell of a pop. And uh, so, I mean, I do get it. Yeah, no, I completely understand. And plus, you know, you don't want the guy to be wrestling, you know, the rest of the match with a broken finger either. So, uh, <laughs> no, that normally comes out at the end of the match now. But yeah, it's funny. It's, it's kind of weird how, uh, again, it's one of those things that I did and was noticing the, the reactions and then realized that, you know, my matches need to end while the match peaks, or yeah. the audience peaks. Yeah. And uh, always found that was like, one of, you know, one of my main uh, reactions from the crowd. So... Yeah, it's it's funny how people kind of know me for that move now, and I've seen like a lot of different wrestlers try and steal it, and they don't manage to get the kind of same reaction because I feel like it's the way you set it up and the way you do it. That's and right. I always try and do mine as like a, I always do mine as like a moment of desperation where you know I've used all the tools in my box, but like I've got nothing left, and all I can do, you know, all I can do is try and grab hold of a finger and try and break it, and even I don't really want to do it, but I've got to do it to try and win the match. And, that's kind of how I gather the reaction rather than just doing it again, rather than just being a pop. Do you know what I mean? I try and, you know, create a story around it. Whose idea was the little dance thing you do before you set up the chicken wing? Oh, mate, honestly, I'm just an idiot. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I just, I mean, like anything, I think I said this on Steve Austin's podcast, anything I do that people think is good or funny, I would have done in the first place just me purposely messing around just being an idiot uh, I think a big part of it was in the UK wrestling on a holiday camp so we used to wrestle sometimes eight ten times a week and you do all these matches every day sometimes twice a day three times a day I just used to start doing stuff in the matches to either you know pop myself or pop my opponent or whatnot, and then uh, you know just trying to be silly and funny and sometimes stuff just kind of sticks around I guess so uh, that was kind of one of them as well you, it started off with just a, a point, and, you know, a pose, and then it's kind of dramatically become what it is now. But again, 
it's probably one of the more highlighted things in my matches now. But yeah, everything I do is pretty much just a massive rib on myself. So. <laughs> Did you ever think about renaming the chicken wing more to your character? Or you like keeping the original uh, name? No, no, a lot of people have asked me that. But no, I don't think so. Like, I like, you know, the movie is a chicken wing. And I think that's a big part of why people enjoy it, because it's kind of like a silly name, like the chicken wing. Like, people think that's kind of funny, I guess. I don't know. No, I don't. No, to me, that, that's what the movie is. So I don't I need to call it, like, the villain curse or something. Yeah, so I think it's just as fine as it is. <laughs> Hey Marty, we're uh, we're coming up toward the end of the show, so we're gonna uh, I'm gonna let everyone kind of ask their uh, their final questions here. So go ahead, everyone. So speaking of the villain character, were there any villains that you studied in the world of wrestling or entertainment to kind of come up with any sort of these quirks for your character? Yeah, more less so in the wrestling, more so uh, from movies. Like not necessarily a villain, but. I really liked uh, Jim Carrey in The Mask and really, really kind of infatuated with that character. So I tried to take different character traits from him and I guess obviously uh, Heath Ledger in The Joker was another number one. And even uh, Alex from uh, Clockwork Orange, uh, wow. a controversial character. But those those are the ones that are like, oh yeah, those, that's a badass character. Like I kind of want to be like that, you know? Nice. Go ahead, guys. Good. Wow. Well, you said uh, in an interview I heard that characters can be, like, the best way to identify with a character is by their silhouette. Like, you know who they are. And I think you referenced The Simpsons. Like, you know who Marge is, you know who Homer is. Has any fan ever drawn or made a silhouette of your character? Oh, yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of time. Yeah, I'm, um, that's the one thing I would say. Like, my, uh, I get a lot of stuff from fans, especially fan artwork and uh, you know, and sometimes they write quotes and stuff on there that I haven't even said, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to take that. Like a lot of my ideas have actually come from the fans because they'll either do some artwork or whatever. But yeah, like I, lost, I literally, I I was at I was at, I think that the last week, and someone gave me this massive fr uh, frame and had painted my silhouette. Funny enough, you should ask. They painted my silhouette and put like this villain quote next to it. It was really cool. But uh, no, I'm very fortunate in terms of the fans. I think that's. Um, I think part of the fans, the reason why they enjoy me is because it's like, I guess it's a fun character to kind of either draw or I don't know. But no, uh, yeah, that is, um, that is a true quote from me. All great characters can be recognized from the silhouettes. There we go. <laughs> so my last question to you, who's your favorite villain of all time? <laughs> oh, I don't know. You've got me there. <laughs> like, uh, my favorite rest is... Um, a lot of my favorite wrestlers aren't the obvious ones. Like, I'm a massive fan of uh, Kerry Funk, uh, Roddy Piper, uh, Brian Pillman. There's kind of, you know, controversial characters that kind of made you second-guess if they were actually crazy or not. Um, you know, Sean could probably confirm because he's probably what those guys find oh, yeah. But those guys, I really enjoy. In terms of wrestling villains, those guys. Awesome. Um, well, you were at a thing in England where... Paul Heyman pulled uh, Will Ospreay to offer him a contract and then said how much he admires your work. How did you feel at that moment? What was that experience like for you? Uh, that was great. It was cool because um, I guess uh, someone had emailed me maybe that day or, or the day before to start saying, oh, Paul Heyman would like you to, to kind of show up. Uh, to his sort of, uh, He did like an evening with Paul Heyman. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm love Paul Heyman so yeah I got to turn up got to meet Heyman before the show 
and um, you know he gave me some really cool advice and uh, I took his business card and I spoke to him since like you know every now and then I might drop him an email or uh, you know if I need to pick his brains I'll I'll email him so uh, yeah like I we were planning like a few times I planned to meet him in uh, New York for lunch and stuff but it hasn't worked out obviously he's quite a hard man to to get hold of but no uh, you know it's, it's, it's obviously great to have someone like that on your side hey Marty like looking looking forward um uh you know everyone's like kind of always ask hey uh uh is your goal to go to wwe one day um i'm assuming that you wouldn't mind going there at some point but uh but what is your like like what's your like more like short-term future goals um i think it's been more so in recent years like i've always wanted to be successful in wrestling obviously and make loads of money but I think these days it's a big part of it for me is just trying to sort of captivate and, and exhilarate an audience and try and, and not only that, especially with the stuff I'm doing lately with, with Kenny and, and the Young Boxes, we just want to make wrestling fun again as well. We want to do stuff like, kind of like what you guys did back in the day during the actual, it made such a shift in the way this business went and, you know, its effects will kind of last forever. So that's kind of what I'd like to do now is we kind of want to not necessarily, you know, change the wrestling business, but we want to kind of you know, help it grow, help it evolve. We want to, you know, revolutionize the business. And I think what's interesting is it, like, that certainly, you know, things like this whole topic deal and, and everything else is going on, that seems like it can be quite possible. And the really interesting thing is that we're doing it without being a part of, like, you know, WWE or a massive company like That's that. Right. So uh, that for me is super duper exciting, just that kind of way we can, you know, it's so much easier now with, with social media and everything else. Uh, but yeah, just trying to put my stamp on the business, you know, trying to, you know, just for the fans, just trying to make, you know, wrestling is awesome as it is, but, uh, you know, just trying to make it fun again for the fans and create things we've never seen before because there's so many hours and upon hours of uh, programming, of wrestling programming every week. Trying to do something different is obviously, uh, you know, it is quite difficult to do. It no, is. That's, it's, that's certainly something that I like to do. It is. It, it is so difficult to stand out in wrestling and, and it takes more than just doing incredible moves. And, uh, and and you're totally doing it, man. You and and your compadre, that you know, uh, the Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega. Um, anyway, Marty, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And 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 uh, do you have any social media stuff or or like you know your your merch or anything that 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 you can plug in the show so our uh, our listeners and viewers could uh, patronize you. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm at Marty Skell on the uh, Twitter and Instagram, so L. And then uh, in terms of merchandise, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Marty Skell. And there's also Villainous, uh, sorry, VillainEnterprises.com. Don't even know my own website. VillainEnterprises.com where you can pick up all your wrestling merch, including the uh, the Bullet Club umbrella. So, uh, yeah. And obviously nice. we have our t- uh, YouTube show, Being the Elite. So if you guys want to give it a, a like and a subscribe and... Uh, catch up with all the latest on there that'd be great as well marty thank you so much man and and you already know i'm a big fan of yours and uh and i'm really like looking forward to watching all the stuff you uh you still haven't done yet man so uh thank you so much marty thank you sean it's been great it's been an honor to be on the show thank you very much thanks man and uh and i hope you get some rest i know like uh you coming on the show after you you're probably still jet lagging, man. Thank you so much. Have a good, a have a good bit. one, Marty. <laughs> no problem. Thank you, Sean. Bye. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. Thank Sweet. you, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Marty. Bye. Right on. Wow. All right.
You want to go into a commercial? Or you want to just get out of here? Um. Well, I, I guess we can just kind of keep this thing going, man. And I just wanted. I I really enjoyed that. Was, you know, you guys know I'm a big Marty Skrull fan. Yeah. Sure. I I wanted to ask him what it's like growing up a fan of yours, and now you're a fan of his. How that feels for him? Um. You know. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I. I I guess you should have asked him. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to put something out there to our fans. I would like a silhouette contest for you guys to draw a silhouette of X-Pac and send it to us. And we'll pick a winner and we'll send them something cool. I think that would be awesome. That sounds great. I love it. You mean like 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 these Bola PWG cards? Yeah, I have have a, uh, a pack, unopened pack of Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. Bola 2017 trading cards. Yeah, so it's everyone who was in the tournament has their own trading card. Yeah. And I think oh, I think High Spots is going to be selling those down the line, but those are probably going to be hard to get. Yeah. So definitely send us your silhouette of X-Pac, and you might win. Yeah, I'm, I definitely cards. want to send these to somebody because I will just lose them. <laughs> <laughs> is, hey, anybody, you guys, let's go run the horn here and make sure, because... If we just leave it up to me, I'll like <laughs> just skip everyone's everything. So right, go ahead, guys. Jimbo. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth. Come check out Bar Wrestling tomorrow. I'll be there with Sean. Come say hi. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo, and I will be at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood September 10th. We are having a free taping. And you can follow me on all social media at Sonoma Motel, and make sure that you check out WithSpandex.com. Especially make sure that you check out this week's McMahon-splaining with Spandex podcast because we got Titus O'Neill on there. And um, it was a really great conversation about stereotypes in wrestling, about race relations in America, about what he's doing for helping out ask, at, at-risk youth. Um, just amazing conversation. So great to talk to that guy. Yeah. And you can follow us at AfterBuzz TV on Twitter, The Real XPOC, uh, IG, XPOC12360, Facebook, XPOC12360 Show. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter. You also can go on slebvm.com slash Sean Waltman to get all the personalized messages and all that good stuff. Don't really get to leave five stars on iTunes and all the comments on YouTube. Whew. Pro Wrestling Tees slash Sean Waltman. And you can follow me at TK Trinidad for everything. And also, we do have the May Young Classic, too, so you can uh, check us out on AfterBuzz. All right. Well, you can follow me at The Real X-Pac on Twitter. And we'll see you next week right here on X-Pac. One, two, three, 60. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Jimbo Frank and TK Trinidad, managing producer of AfterBuzz TV Wrestling Mark Donica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube, follow X-Pac on Twitter at TheRealXPac, and email us at xpac12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!